0: Welcome to Dads with Daughters. In this show, we spotlight dads, resources, and more to help you be the best dad you can be.
1: Welcome back to the Dads with Daughters podcast, where we bring you guests to help you be active participants in your daughter's lives, raising them to be strong, independent women. I love bringing you dads that are working not only on themselves, but on their relationship with their daughters. And our guest today has definitely had to do that over the years to be able to connect better with his daughter and to really understand himself too, to be able to better understand himself, who he was, who he wanted to be, and do some intentional things to be able to become who he wanted to be. And we're going to talk about that today. Matt Haviland is with us today, and I'm really excited to have him on. Matt, thanks so much for joining us.
0: Chris, thanks for the invite. Really happy to be here. This is exciting.
1: You know, it's my pleasure to have you here today. And I always love to start our shows with an opportunity to turn the clock back in time. And I know that when we first talked, I, I think that the point in which that we're going to turn it back to was a point in which that you were a different person. So I'm going to turn it back to that first moment, that first moment that you found out that you were going to be a dad to a daughter. What was going through your head?
0: A lot. First of all, just the fact that I was going to be a dad. My daughter's mom and I, we did not know each other very long before she became pregnant. We actually knew each other about four months. The relationship was fairly turbulent, so it was unexpected. So I was filled with fear. But then there was also something in me that was really something began to stir. I was really excited. Um, I was almost 30 years old by this point, so a little bit later in life. But as the pregnancy progressed, her mom and I were communicating during the time and just trying to uh, work through this. And it came time for the ultrasound. And um, they told us that we were having a girl. And I would have been happy either way. I was growing in my excitement to be a father. But there was something about the father-daughter relationship. And I think I really... Once I knew I was going to be a dad, I go back to the specific time. I was just walking through the mall, and you start noticing things all of a sudden. You start noticing a lot of fatherhood things. And I saw this guy walking in front of me with his daughter. She was maybe three years old, Tops. And she was holding on to his finger while they are walking. And he was just kind of walking forward. But the whole time, this little girl was holding her daddy's finger, and she was looking up, and she was watching him. And there was just something about the fact that she was just watching him the whole time. And that really just it started stirring it up. And there was just something about the daddy-daughter relationship that I was really getting excited about.
1: Now, every dad goes through some moments, whether it's right when your daughter's born or as they're getting older, where you run up against some fear, some fear about raising daughters and being the dad you want to be. But what would you say was your biggest fear in raising daughters in today's society?
0: Well, I mean, as I grew, as a dad, my daughter was born in 2006, so let's just think of how much technology has skyrocketed since, since smartphones weren't even out yet. I mean, the internet was still fairly, I'm not going to say young, but younger. Uh, social media wasn't what it was today. So I started learning really quickly with smartphones and social media. Of course, she was too young at the time for that. I think most of it was the culture, just a lot of ways that women are portrayed even hypersexualized, you know, magazine covers or in the media. I do remember one time we were at the grocery store, and, of course, all the magazines are right there to your left, and they have all the celebrities on them, and there was some pretty provocative stuff. And I turned, I turned those magazines around, and she says, what are you doing? I just said, I don't want you to see that. I said, you're better than that. So I think that was my first glimpse of, wow, I'm raising my daughter in this culture. And, again, this was before social media came out, too.
1: You know, as your daughter got older, you've now got a teenager and you've had times to be able to not only reconnect with your daughter, but to find... Those common things, those things that bring you together. What are thing what would you say is one of the things that you like to do most or share most with your daughter?
0: My daughter and I are both super active. Now I am married now. My wife and I have been married about seven years, so this is my daughter's stepmom. And we got a great family relationship. My wife though is a little more reserved. And I mean I've always been pedal to the metal, outgoing, extroverted, and I've noticed that in my daughter along the way too. So We love being outside. I grew up, of course, before the internet, so we were constantly outside all the time, and I really tried to replicate that in my parenting. So I would say probably our biggest thing is going to the beach in the summer. We love going out to Lake Michigan, climbing the sand dunes. If we're at the beach for four hours, I bet you my daughter and I are in the water for at least three out of those four hours. And she's got good tolerance, too. I mean, Sometimes Lake Michigan, even in the summertime, we're talking 65 tops. And uh, we, we will be out there swimming in the cold. So we love doing a lot of one-on-one stuff. She's active in sports. I grew up playing baseball. She plays softball. And it's just been really fun as she's aged, too. Because, you know, when you have a little kid, you're kind of lobbing the little wiffle ball to them or they're hitting the tee ball. And then they start hitting it a little harder. Well, now she's a teenager. I mean, she's she's in high school now. And, I mean, it's fun. When she pitches to me, she can whip the ball to me. And then I can throw it back pretty hard, too, or... She'll go out in the outfield and I can hit long fly balls to her. So there's just something fun because I can tie back to a lot of my childhood too, but we're spending good quality one-on-one time too. And I think that's really what bonds us is doing a lot of active stuff.
1: Now, I know that your life has changed quite a bit over the years. You've had to do some things to kind of reassess who you were. I want to delve a little bit into that because I know not everybody understands the story. So let's go back in time and talk about the man that you were at the point in which your daughter was born. And at what point did you identify for yourself that you felt like you needed to make a change?
0: Great question. Um, so we can go back a little farther. I was raised in a single parent home. My parents were never married. So I saw my dad occasionally growing up. If at best, I saw him, you know, four hours on a Saturday growing up. So I didn't have a strong parental foundation because my mom, even though she was raising my little brother and I, she was really emotionally distant too. And then my 20s i really suffered bad through drug and alcohol addiction i mean it was bad and in fact between 2001 and 2002 i was nearly killed three times i was hospitalized three times because of my uh, addiction two overdoses and nearly killed in a car accident so all of a sudden in the middle of all that this little baby girl is born i was trying to stay clean trying to stay sober my life was a train wreck at that time here her mom and i are in this very volatile relationship and it was probably about seven or eight months into it. I mean, I'm stressing out with her mom. There were court battles. So I was a non-custodial single father for the better part of nine years, if we want to be specific. And even though I was really struggling to stay clean and sober, I just remember thinking something's got to change. I'm better than what I came from with a, not a good parental upbringing. And I said, I can't do this. I'm a dad now and I'm responsible for somebody else. So that was really a turning point is when I realized the magnitude of fatherhood and the responsibility.
1: So let's talk about that moment because there had to have been something that triggered that for you, whatever it was. Talk to me about that. And what was it that specifically was that turning point for you?
0: Yeah, so I think uh, once I started realizing that, I had to cut about 95% of my social circles. I mean, I was living in an apartment, and the guy below me was selling drugs out of the apartment below me. And I remember telling him, we just, we can't hang out anymore. And he said, well, you're not my friend. I said, you'll always be. You're my buddy, but I can't do this. And so I really started slashing the the social circle, working on recovery at the time. But the main thing really became my faith. So I started attending church in 2001. My daughter was born in 2006, but it was really in 2007 that I made it a personal relationship with the Lord. That was the turning point, and that really started to drive everything I did. I dove into church. I started surrounding myself with good men that were healthy, men that were sound in their faith. They were sound in their career. They were husbands and fathers, and I really looked up to these guys. And In 2008, I actually joined a men's group and i was the youngest guy in the group at the time and i was also the only single father so these guys became if you will my first mentors and even here we are 14 years later and i now find myself the things that those guys taught me 14 years ago When I'm working with and mentoring men, I I find myself repeating a lot of the same things. So that was really the turning point was right about 2007. It took a little while for me to get out of the the substance use, um, but that's now 14, 15 years removed from my life and haven't gone back since. So thank God for that but also just getting around other good, strong, healthy men. And I I live by that now. I have two guys that mentor me even till this day. I have two guys that invest in me on a weekly or biweekly basis. And then also now I'm able to invest in other guys too.
1: And I'm going to talk to you about what you're doing with other guys, but I want to talk about one piece here, which is the fact that In the learning, in the growth that you had to go through personally as a man, as a father, you also had to do some things to be able to not only build, but maybe repair the relationship that you had with your own daughter throughout the years. Talk to me about that. What did you have to do to be able to repair that, build that, and make it into something strong so that you are able to be the dad that you want to be for your daughter today.
0: Yeah. So you got to remember, I mean, here I am, I'm trying to deal with my own past. I'm early in staying off of substances. Nobody. I mean, when you're a first time parent, I mean, it's just you're learning. And even I'm sure I still only have one child right now, but I'm trying to just navigate this life. It was you know, still very difficult for me. Finances were really tight. In uh, the early portion of her life, I actually filed bankruptcy back in 2008 with half everybody else. But, and then all at the same time, her mom was really just digging in. And, and I'm not going to slam her mom by any means. That's one of my most cherished rules is not slamming my daughter's mom and teaching other guys not to do the same. But it was tough. And, I mean, there were court battles. There was stress. There were verbal arguments. So I had to, while all this is going on, I'm still reconciling with my past. And really, it came to a head, I would say, back in about 2013 is when I was actually able to sit my own father down and have a one-on-one conversation with him. I actually had a deep talk with him and that was the day I can say I truly forgave my father for everything that he had done I was able to forgive my mom both my parents have now passed but I think that was really a turning point was cutting my past again pressing into my faith and then I started to be able to focus on who I need to be as a father and who does this little girl need me to be too and we've had talks as she's gotten older we've had age appropriate talks and it still hurts me that you know, because of a choice I made many years ago, my daughter is being raised in two parent homes. It's not ideal. Now, her relationship and I are stronger than it's ever been. We talk all the time, and she really confides in me. Even my wife says that. She's like, she tells you things like teenage girls don't talk to their dads like that. She really opens up. It just shows just how much change there's been in both of us. All that to say that I had to break free from my past. So that I could start building a foundation so I could be the the man and the the father that she needed me to be. And once we got that going and as she aged we were able to have age appropriate talks. And of course, there's been struggles along the way. You think you get one age group down, you get down, you know, the, the early childhood portion, then they start developing personalities. And then you go through the weird adolescent period. And of course, she is a teenager. So I mean, I still deal with teenage drama at a time. But understanding that there is a foundation not there now that even one, if we have a dispute, it's not going to derail our relationship by any means.
1: All good points. And I think that any father with a teenager definitely has those struggles at times and trying to maintain those relationships and and also be that go-between between the child and their mother. Because a lot of times the relationship between a mother and a daughter tends to get a bit strained as well throughout the teenage years. I see that in my own home. And I'm sure that many of you see that as well, if you do have teenagers or tweens in your house as well. Now, Matt, I know that you talked a little bit about that you've gone from the point in which you were at to where you are today, that you got some really good mentorship that has helped you along the way, and now you're working to help other dads. And whether that's through telling your story, helping them to understand, you know, but talk to me about... What made you take that next step to give back, to help other dads and to be the mentor to them and what you are doing to help them to be that better father?
0: So there's a well-known proverb. It says as iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another. I can trace it back exactly to that small group. You know, starting in January of 2008, I walked in there and we were challenged by the group leader early in the group and, you know, name some big things we're working on. I'm like, what are you talking about, big things? My life is absolutely chaos right now. I'm struggling to stay clean. I got all this drama on the side. I'm, I'm financially drowning. And I looked around the room, and I said, you know what? I'm the youngest guy here. And I said, I'm also the only single father here. And I think that was really a moment that, that was a huge turning point. And I went home, did an online search, looked up all the statistics for fatherless children. And, of course, thousands and thousands of statistics pop up. And I started searching things for single fathers, single father ministries, single father small groups, single father support groups. And back then in 2008, there was virtually nothing. So I decided through the leading of the guys in the group to form a single father group, just like a small group. And they thought it was a great idea. They tied me in with some guys that were already running organizations for dads, and they kind of uh, led me along the way. So back in April of 2008, I launched a single dad small group. And of course, it was open to any single father, whether he had full custody, minimal custody, or anywhere in between. And we started meeting in a coffee shop, and then that eventually came into my living room. And a few years down the line, it became an actual nonprofit, and it, it grew it pretty, pretty well. And I, I oversaw that for 10 years. So walking alongside specifically single dads for 10 years... Now, there's been some other things along the way. I've worked with men in incarceration, and of course, there's a lot of guys in there that are dads, and statistics tell us that 85% of all men who are incarcerated came from a home without a dad as well. So I've really worked in that sphere for a long time. And then I I went over to a local early childhood program. I was their fatherhood specialist over there. That was more working with the dads in the, the preschools and the home visiting program. And then now most recently, I oversee a men's center here in Grand Rapids. And we are one of the only standalone fatherhood buildings in the entire nation. So I'm now the director. So unfortunately, I don't get to work, you know, in the trenches with the dads like my volunteers do. I'm now kind of overseeing more from the administrative standpoint, but it still follows that pattern. We have one-on-one coaching, which is like having a mentor. We just call it coaching. So I match our fathers up with trained volunteers and they meet in one-on-one, one-hour sessions. And then we have a Monday night fatherhood group. And we're working on other things like a men's English second language class, a job skills training program. So it's grown and it's morphed over the years. But I can say it really comes down to whether they're single dads, whether they're coming out of incarceration, whether they're married and the family is thriving. It really comes down to just helping these guys grow as men, as husbands, and as fathers. And I can't take claim for this quote, but a good friend of mine once said, and now we use it at the place where I work, show me a neighborhood where fathers are engaged and I'll show you a neighborhood that's thriving. And when dads are engaged, moms and kids do better too. So
1: now you are mentoring other dads. You have taken that additional step to be able to be that person that helped you to help others. As you look at the relationships that you have built, that you are building, what would you say that you're learning most from the dads that you're interacting with?
0: It keeps it real because, I mean, I haven't used you know drugs or alcohol now for 14 or 15 years. But here I see guys that are continually struggling, and it reminds me, I wouldn't consider myself in recovery, and that's not to say for anybody that is. It's just something that I've been freed from. But it does remind me every day that I have a choice, because it wouldn't be in, a big deal for me to get out of work you know, and head to the bar. Or um, I actually work in the inner city. I could probably find a lot of things real fast on the streets. But it just reminds me of how much I would actually have to lose now if I fell back into that pattern. I also see guys that are struggling through the court battles and what was literally a living hell 14, 15 years ago, going through all of that. Now I can fall back on those experiences and say, okay, I can't fix your court situation. I can't control the outcome. But here's what I can tell you of how to handle it, you know, and to protect your heart, not just in the courtroom, but in general. And also how the way that you handle this situation is going to directly impact your kids too. Whether or not the court comes out in the way you want it to, I think I just draw upon all these experiences that back then were really tough, but here I am years later and I can draw back on it because it's so fresh for these guys. But it also reminds me again, yeah, I mean, I could fall back into this any given time and I have a lot to lose. I tell them there's just no difference between you and me. I'm just... Further down the road.
1: Well, you've definitely been on a journey, a journey not only of self-discovery, but a journey of healing. And, and I'm sure that that continues day by day as you move forward, you work with other people. As you look toward the future, what else do you have to learn? What else do you feel like you you need to work on yourself to be able to continue to be there for your daughter to be the best man that you can be?
0: I mean, Chris, let's face it. She's taking notice of boys and they're taking notice of her. So, um it's been said many times in many different different ways that people have said it that girls will turn towards men who are a lot like their fathers. So, if I am solid, I'm communicating with her. I'm building up her self-worth and instilling confidence in her, but also protecting her as well, because she is young and she is vulnerable. And young ladies find it thrilling when a guy takes interest in her. And yes, that's something that's natural, but I was also a 15, 16 year old boy too. So trust me, I got eyes on all of these guys. So as I... Continue to set the bar, be the example, I guess, if you will. I take her out on dates. I know I'm sure there's plenty of your listeners that do father daughter dates. Great reminder for every guy listening today date your daughter, take her out on regular dates. It could be something as simple as coffee. Well, coffee for you. I don't know if I'd give a teenager coffee, but how about a smoothie or something at the park or. Occasionally dressing up and going out to dinner, doing the one on one time. And I do do that because I want her to see the way that she deserves to be treated as a young lady. And then also the way that I treat my wife, because my wife is her stepmom, and we are setting the example what a marriage should look like. I mean, it's not perfect by any means, but setting that example of what a marriage should look like. And then most of all, even though my daughter's mom and I still don't get along here over 15 years later, the greatest thing that a father can do, whether you're married or you're not, is by the way you honor and treat your child's mom i mean we're right there we're setting the example if we treat the mom with honor and respect then your sons if you have sons they're going to learn to treat women with honor and respect and our daughters are going to say that's how i'm supposed to be treated whereas the opposite is true as well if we're disrespecting their mom then our sons learn to disrespect women And our daughters say, well, I guess that's just how it is. And that's how guys treat women, too. So her mom and I, we still clash. It's still hard. But I don't speak badly about her mom. At least if I got a vent, I go talk to a friend, but never in front of my daughter.
1: Now, we always finish our interviews with what I like to call our Fatherhood Five, where I ask you five more questions to delve deeper into you as a dad. In one word,
0: what is fatherhood? I'm going to say fatherhood is selflessness.
1: Now, when was the time that you finally felt like you succeeded at being a father to a daughter.
0: When she called me, I think it was a year or two ago, she called me from school. She had to write a paper on somebody that inspired her. And she called me from school and read the paper to me over the phone. And I mean, that literally screwed my day up. I was crying on the phone, but that made it real that for all the struggles that I've had as an individual, as a father of the co-parenting, that just sealed it up right there and said, "I'm I'm doing it right.
1: Now, if I was to talk to your daughter right now, and I asked her how to describe you as a dad, what would she say?
0: She would say funny with horrible jokes. My dad jokes, yep, she doesn't like them. And she would say that I'm supportive. I believe she would say that I'm there too. And she and I like to play practical jokes on each other. So I'm so sure she'd say something about that too.
1: Now, who inspires you to be a better dad?
0: My faith first, looking to God as uh, the ultimate example. And then the men that mentor me that I still surround myself with.
1: Now, you've told a number of pieces of advice today. You've shared your story, which has lot of nuggets in it in itself. But as we finish today, what piece of advice would you want to give to all dads?
0: Three words. Loving, learning, and leading. Never be a dad that stops loving our kids. We love our kids with appropriate touch and physical affection. We love our kids with our words, we love our kids with our actions. We love our kids by the way that we treat their mother and we even love our kids through discipline. Parenting's continually. I mean, it's a continual journey. Again, ages and stages as they go through life for those of us that have adolescents and teenagers continually learning about technology so never stopping being a dad that's learning to grow and improve as a father and then the last one would be leading leading in the home leading in the community coming from somebody that's worked in schools for many years schools love having fathers engaged so not just going to you know enrollment or conferences but getting involved and actually volunteering in the classrooms I know it's a little hard right now, but don't miss those opportunities. And yeah, just to to continue to lead your kids, to inspire them.
1: Well, Matt, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for sharing your story, for sharing the journey that you've been on. If people want to find out more about you and your continual journey, is there a best place?
0: Yeah, I don't have a website anymore because I shut down my organization. But if you do want to talk, my email is afatherswalk at gmail. So A, fathers with an S w a l k at gmail just reach out to me there and would love to talk to you more
1: well as mentioned matt i just want to say thank you thank you for the opportunity to talk to you today for for you sharing your story and i wish you all the best
0: likewise chris and go dads i'm rooting for you guys
1: the fatherhood insider is the essential resource for any dad that wants to be the best dad that he can be we know that no child comes with an instruction manual and most dads are figuring it out as they go along And the Fatherhood Insider is full of resources and information that will up your game on fatherhood. Through our extensive course library, interactive forum, step-by-step roadmaps, and more, you will engage and learn with experts, but more importantly, dads like you. So check it out at fatheringtogether.org. If you are a father of a daughter and have not yet joined the Dads with Daughters Facebook community, there's a link in the notes today. Dads with Daughters is a program of Fathering Together. Find out more at fatheringtogether.org. We look forward to having you back for another great guest next week, all geared to helping you raise strong, empowered daughters and be the best dad that you can be.
0: We're all in the same boat And it's
1: full of tiny screaming passengers We spend the time